your side. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. The Labor Day event from Dell Technologies is here. End the summer strong by starting up a new season of productivity. Your business upgrade begins with up to 48% off top-rated laptops, like Vostro, taking performance to the next level with 12th Gen Intel Core processors. It's time to push your growing business even further. Upgrade today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. At the United States Postal Service, we deliver packages fast and affordably so you can give your customers what they want when they need it. We're delivering for one-stop shops, mom and pops, pop-ups, startups, retail, wholesale, large-scale, small biz, big box, customers, customizers. So no matter what business you're in, we'll always be delivering for you. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com delivering. The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. 22. What do you mean? 22. After all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 22 23. But now the question is. USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. But where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics? Mad transfers. How did it get hit? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. A what? You know, portaled from wherever you were to here. What's that? It's a, a different kind of portal. It's just changed so radically, and we're all... Running to catch up. And realignment. They both be pencils. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back, and the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now there are a few more topics that we have to cover, and we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? Joe Beaver is. On 1240 Joe Radio. Stuff, new new stuff right there here for the Joe Beaver Show on this uh, the third day of the week and the third show of the year. I'm John Warren. Good morning, everybody. And sitting across from me where Mike Six sits is uh, our own T.J. Matthewson, starting year number two for T.J. Here, that's uh, no, it's time has flown. It uh, it's gone by very quickly, yes. and you've you've had a chance to get your hands involved in a lot of different things, especially some baseball over the summer. So good for you. Yeah, it's good. It's that's, been good. It's that's the been, whole point. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we have a lot to get to today. A lot of topics to broach, including some that kind of broke this morning that we can get to uh, as far as today goes, and a couple of guests today as well. Carter Baines from BeaverBlitz.com will join us. Kind of jokes. Uh, the other day when we were in the in the uh, media room and Carter was still working, I said Carter will join us, and I hadn't asked him, of course, and he said okay. Uh, and goalkeeper for Oregon State women's soccer, Haley Cole. Carter at twelve oh five. Haley at eleven forty five this morning, and uh, it'll be our first. I think is is it going to be our first live athlete interview on the it, show it this will year? Be, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Looking forward to it. Haley's done a good job so far this year. The Oregon State. 
women's soccer team, two wins, two draws so far. 2-0-2. Remember last year they opened with an eight-game winning streak. Yeah, they did and very a, well in non-conference good year. play. Struggled, yeah. struggled once conference play rolls around. Like to Against a couple of teams. Who didn't didn't really get to play a whole bunch last year. Started mm-hmm. less than one game. It was a lot of uh, Bridget Skiba, who was in goal for Oregon State last year. Haley, uh, there on the bench now uh, with Bridget leaving, gets the starting role. In in net <laughs> yeah. for for the beeves and has done a good job so far and sort of curious to see what the key is to to beating these these conference teams that yeah. they struggled against last year and a second year under Lawrence and Nicola and that second year always that year you expect to see a jump yeah per se in any sport yeah and it, they're doing well so far <laughs> and they host uh, Boise State actually tomorrow night at Lawrence Field a couple of Broncos teams coming here to Corvallis. All right. Um, we always welcome your phone calls. We always welcome your texts. And the phone number to do that is the same for both. It's the University Honda text line and the Downward Dog phone line, 541-497-5356. It's been the same phone number for over 20 years now on this show and then that first show back in 2002, which was Sports Drive. Mike, I, I finally got it all figured out. Now, not exactly because... I'd, he didn't give me a, well, here's when my flight's supposed to land. So I texted Mike. He texted back, very short. Um, I won't be there Thursday. Hope to be ready for Friday's Citizens Bank show, but probably won't. So he's, I don't know what that means. That must mean that his flight is scheduled to come in late Thursday. That's what I would assume. But he's leaving room for a problem, which is fine. So Ron Callen has already agreed to do the show with me and you on Friday from Citizens Bank. So we will be at Citizens Bank coming up uh, this um, this Friday where we'll have pizza. We'll have some commemorative coins and we'll have some tickets to give away. And I, I was thinking that I, I thought I remember Sarah or somebody saying that they're going to be down down to 27,000 seats it's actually just a little over 26,000. As of yesterday afternoon, the last 200 seats were sold, so they're officially sold out. It's a hot commodity. And it, yeah, it's a hot commodity and I have two pair of tickets in addition to the three pair of tickets for us to give away on Friday. I have two pair that I never even told you about. I actually no. have two pair to give holding, away. Holding out for me. <laughs> I have two pair to give away on the Clue Morning Update as well. So I don't know how to do this. I just got them like 10 minutes ago. So um, we could either add it to Friday's pool and make it five winners, or we could do it here on the show today. I don't know. I just know that I was just bonused uh, two pair of extra tickets for the game, which, again, hot commodity, only 26000 already sold out for Friday's uh, Saturday's game against Boise State at 7:30. Beth Moen will be the uh, broadcaster, yeah, the that. lead That's broadcaster good. on uh, ESPN. And anyway, I don't know. We'll come up with something. Maybe do something with the uh, the text line. Yeah. For a pair of tickets uh, to the game. How we normally do it, I guess we just say send a, a requested on the text line, and you'll we'll choose a random one. Although. The problem with that, it's not truly random. It's Actually, um, there is a, an algorithm and a button on this new system we're using oh. where we push it and it selects for us. Oh. So oh. it doesn't like show a dial spinning or anything like that. You click a button that says pick a number and then the computer just pops one up. That would be more entertaining though, I think. If it, there a was dial. a spinning dial, just, absolutely. Like, spun it. I mean, we should have sound effects. 
We should. You can I've get got on a that. lot of sound effects on there. Get but. some sound effects of a like a wheel of fortune thing sort of spinning self- around. I, have, I put a Jeopardy one on there selfishly. Okay, uh, that'll be that'll for, be for uh, thinking for the Sherwin Williams post game call in show, uh, <laughs> which will take place hopefully. Uh, oh man, will hopefully hit the air before midnight on Saturday night. I think it'll hit the air before midnight, but it'll it could go into the night. Seven thirty kickoff. Generally. Four, three and a half to three and a half to four I hours. I think the latest I've gone off, like ended the show, is about one thirty in the morning. Yeah, last year was an eight o'clock game was the latest, which I think was the latest uh, ever. Was it an eight o'clock game? It was either eight or eight fifteen, some ridiculous number that was yeah. it that we thought was the latest ever, but then retired uh, at uh, SID and friend Steve Fink. Texted it and said, no, 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 back in, you know, whatever year, it was an 8.30, I think an 8.30 start or something at, like that. At least, you know, you think about, uh, for pac twelve sake, the the mountain time zone schools or Arizona, once the, the clocks fall back. Right. You know, the, all those games are starting an hour later as well. So if you get like a hosting a post-game call-in show after an 8.30 kickoff, or if you're on the East Coast and say you host a post-game show after a West Coast baseball game that starts at 7.10 Pacific time, but actually starts at 10.10 uh, Eastern time, that would be a, a little bit more tricky. Thankfully, um, I'm... I'm young and I stay up late anyway, so yeah. it's not too big a deal. Um, speaking of speaking of start wonders. times, wouldn't you rather have more 7:30 games? Because we've been through this now with previous deals, TV deals where there's the uh, the Pac-12 After Dark show, and the Beavers seemingly got the bum draw <clears throat> on many of them. But I would rather suffer through that. Then, because of the new landscape, <clears throat> excuse me, because of the new landscape of, uh, um, are we going to have a conference or not? What's going on there? I'd rather now it's changed to where it's like, hey, yeah, 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 we'll take 730 just to have a conference and be in one and get the extra money that we had heard about last week from ESPN. There's news today yeah. that kind of changes some things that we can talk about right now. Actually, you know what? We'll tease that and get to that in a couple of minutes after the break. Yeah. But the Big 12, dealing with TV, all that. We'll get into that coming up after the break. We also uh, <clears throat> want to hear from you on any of the topics that we discuss. And, of course, the text line and the phone number, 541-926-8628. You brought up a, a question that I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you heard this somewhere or it just came to you, but... There, there's so many things happening, NIL, Portal, none of that's really been cemented. It's just that it took a back burner to USC and UCLA's news earlier this summer. Uh-huh. But that is now this idea of um, having to, to keep guys. I mean, it's almost like you're recruiting yeah. throughout the year. So. If you make an announcement on who your starting quarterback is and you have two guys that were vying for the position, and Oregon State is that scenario with Goldbranson and uh, uh, Tristan Jebbia, what do you do about those guys to keep them? Because they can just go, oh, all right, then I'm going to leave. And I asked um, Scott Barnes this very question, but I thought it was, a, and I have an answer I'll get to here. Mm-hmm. I'll grab it while you respond. Yeah. But really good topic in that. Uh, you know, what are you hearing that some coaches are doing 
to uh, to remedy this problem? It really sort of depends on the position, right? So you can uh, we can start uh, – a lot of this goes around quarterbacks, but I guess we could start with the Oregon State running back group that we look at. And it, it is the deepest group they have. So what Jonathan does, he puts two guys as starters and two guys as second string. He doesn't go one, two, three, four. Nope. Uh, two guys first team, two guys second team. So like Fenwick first team, Trelo first team, and then Martinez and Jim Griffin second team. And then guys like Isaiah Newell are, are sitting behind it who had a really good camp. Um, but a lot of this goes around to uh, to quarterbacks. And while Oregon State did name a starting quarterback – they waited until game week to name a starting quarterback. Even though it, it, if you were at practice covering like us media get to, yeah, you could tell chance was going to start. He's taken most of the first team rats, et cetera. But you know, Jonathan comes out and says, we're going to look at the tape. We've got to evaluate these guys. We're going to put them under a microscope. And so, look at so that, wait that till the end so yeah. that the interest level and the competitive nature is there for all three. Correct. Rather than and name it at the beginning, correct. like Sam Neuer last year, and then what do the other two guys do? They could, again, this isn't for Oregon State, but could Mole leaving because they don't yeah, get their way? They could, and that's what happened to Sam Vidlak, who has now ended up at Boise State, and I believe Boise State has not done this. Sam Vidlak is not on the two deep, so he is, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't think we will see, there's a chance we'll see him on Saturday. But there are other schools that have sort of navigated around this, and I think it's so funny. Well, with Brock Meyer at 25 straight starts, he wasn't going to break yeah, that. Yeah, no. So at Michigan, Jim Harbaugh decided that he was going to name one quarterback a starter for game one. Uh, I forgot. It was Caden McNamara, I think, game one. Uh-huh. Caden McNamara, the one who, you know, led them to the playoff last year. That guy. He, he's then, not your number one guy for sure. And then J.J. McCarthy, the, this five-star kid that I think came in three classes ago and has been sitting behind McNamara, will start game two. And he says, you know, I don't want to give anyone a starting job. Let's, you know, we're, uh, we're gonna, this is going to be a fluid, uh, a fluid procedure. We're going um, gonna, gonna to let them compete. And he gave an interesting uh, explanation of why he chose that. I know John has that queued up. Go ahead. We've named the starting quarterback. Cade uh, McNamara will start the first game. J.J. McCarthy will start the second, and some people have asked, you know, was that, you know, what, how'd you come to that decision, and, you know, was it based on some kind of uh, NFL model? No, it's, I mean, it's really based, based biblical, you know, Solomon, he was known for to being a pretty, pretty wise person. Now break down Solomon for well, us. Well, shamefully, I had to call my muse and say, what was the Solomon Baby story. Uh, two women were fighting over a baby. That's mine, though. That's mine. So they take it to King Solomon. He says, great, we'll cut it in half and give each of you a half. The true mother, of course, steps up and says, no, no, don't hurt my baby. You go ahead and have her or have it. And Solomon says, you're clearly the real mother. And away she goes. I don't know how that goes for for the quarterback situation. Well, I guess Jim just not, but, not wanting to pick a starter. <laughs> he didn't want to pick a starter. I guess if it had anything, if he, the, the true analogy to, to the Solomon story would be if one of the two starters wanting to be starters said, no, 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 you take it. And then, mm-hmm. and then but then that would show lack of com, uh, competitiveness. I don't know yeah. how you can really put the two together. It seems like coach speak for 
hey, Cade's going to start, but I have a five-star kid who would be pretty good to start after Cade next year, and I don't want to recruit anyone else. So I'm going to sort of drag this out as long as possible. Uh, and then eventually towards the end of the year, oh, you won't transfer like in the middle of the season. Maybe you'll have to wait until, I don't know, the end of the year when I can maybe get a, a solid uh, a recruit maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. It just Now, here's a, a, this leads into our, uh, another topic, which uh, you can chime in on at, at any time you want. Uh, oh, Jim's not the only coach who did this. Right. You were saying this morning we were talking about other coaches are doing that, and it's smart. Steve Sarkeesian didn't even release a depth chart. Well, and we saw that uh, uh, Oregon's uh, Dan Lanning wasn't going to say who the quarterback was. I thought it was gamesmanship, but maybe it's more mm-hmm. along the lines of appeasing the guy who doesn't get the job. Because that's what they're doing. They're appeasing the guy yeah. who doesn't get the job. And, of course, uh, Kirby Smart says, of course, we know who's going to be the starter. It'll be Bo Nix. Yeah, they you know, don't have a reply, problem and the, replacing anyone. And then the back and forth goes. But it's a new animal now. And I asked Scott Barnes this. This is officially now on the OSU Beaver podcast, which uh, dropped this morning. You can find that at OSUBeavers.com in the fan zone. I had about 20 minutes with Scott Barnes, and towards the end, I I asked him about NIL, and then after that, followed up with a portal situation. Trying to get an idea from an athletic director who's plugged in about what's coming. Are there going to be any changes? Because it's a mess right now, and a lot of people have talked about the need, if you will, for some some open, open and shut windows to make it less of a free range where a guy can make a decision and just say, I didn't get the starting job. Great. I'm going over here and then play that year. So uh, Scott uh, reacted to that. That's coming. We're going to have uh, transfer windows. Well, transformation committee uh, has been involved. The tra- uh, the, the actual uh, uh, transfer group has, has met uh, a votes coming even as, as soon as this week on windows. I think that that will at least structure it in a way that gives us uh a, a little bit of control of, of how things are flowing. And so uh, I see that coming. I think that'll, that vote will pass. It needs to pass at a majority vote level, and I think it will. So we'll see windows. Um, not every sport is built the same way, so you'll see some different windows for some different sports. I hope so. He said there was a vote this week on that, so we'll keep an eye on that for the on the news for that mm-hmm. to see what's going on. Let's break. When we come back, we'll, we'll talk about the news this morning about the Big 12 trying to uh, – I guess, expediate some things and, and how what the fallout of that might be as far as uh, negotiating for TV rights. He is TJ Matthewson. My name is John Warren. We're glad that you uh, could be with us. Very glad. And, of course, the, uh, the, the text line is open and so is the phone line. And that's the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line, 541-926. I'm sorry, that's the morning line. 541-497-5356. First time this year I've... You did that twice, though, in that last segment. Did I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you should have jumped in. Keeping you keeping you in check. That's why I'm here. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come right back on 1240 Joe Radio. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. 
The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and hopefully a full game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Core Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs. Bob Simons Insurance is once again a key sponsor of the 16th Annual Salem Roadster Show on September 24th and 25th at the Oregon State Fairgrounds in Salem. With over 180 cars featuring classics, rat rods, hot rods, muscle cars, tuners, and more, come enjoy the 16th Annual Show, the longest-running consecutive indoor car show on the West Coast at the Jackman Long Building at the Oregon State Fairgrounds September 24th and 25th. Admission is $15, but ages 17 and under are free. Gates open at 9 a.m. Saturday and Saturday. Sunday. A lifetime of memories starts with the Yamaha Youth ATVs. Get a great deal during the summer closeout sale at Power Motorsports. Like the 2022 Yamaha Raptor 90 with Raptor Sports Styling on sale for $29.99. For a taste of the rugged utility ATV, the 2022 Yamaha Grizzly 90 is priced at $29.99. Shop PowerMotorsports.com. Raptor 90 and Grizzly 90 are recommended only for those 10 years and over and always with adult supervision. Yamaha recommends an approved training course. See your dealer or call 1-800-887-2887. ATVs can be hazardous. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today. 541-758-8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. And the right-handers, 2-2 pitch, swing and a fly ball to the straightaway center field. Julio Rodriguez right there, and he makes the catch. The Tigers leave the bases loaded. Great job by George Kirby tonight. TJ, I couldn't help myself. I just wanted to play a Mariner highlight thank, from yesterday. I didn't even expect that. So yeah, that no, a dominating win in Detroit. Uh, they just seem to be getting stronger. The Mariners yeah. are 13 games over 500, the best record so far this year yeah. as far as games over 500. Most 500 yeah. Half game out of the solid position of wild card. Uh, Tampa Bay is a half game up, and they'll play again today. The, the Detroit and the uh, Mariners at three with the pregame. This is going to be for the for the first time in t- over 20 years an exciting but challenging fall when it comes to programming uh, and and we had uh we had a, a lot of fun down the stretch last year when they were they were chasing a spot came up came up yeah. a little bit short and let me ask you did yeah. you consider that like a playoff i did because it, did. it was it like win it. and stay in losing your out that, that was as close as i had felt so yes it did yeah and john i do recommend as you you hear the guy who got that final out it's nice to see george kirby again just another young exciting player they have and I, I i guess if you like if you really liked watching greg maddox it's really it, i i think it's, it's probably a little absurd for me to be i did ripping this comparison you you liked watching greg maddox yeah the so control kirby, was incredible george kirby his control is on that level i think well and so maddox is famous for his two-seam fastball in a day when you can, in a day and age when everyone's just throwing the heat, mm-hmm. get hitting 100 miles an hour constantly, you know, if you got a guy that can control like that and, and carve you up, yeah. 
That's uh, that's fun to he's, see. He's got an ERA like a hair over two since the All Star break. It's yeah. been fabulous, and he learned like a two seam fastball. I think a month and a half ago, I think. He was from, in Tacoma from Ray. and then came back, right? Yeah, from they, that. so that was just to sort of rest and keep his innings at a base so they could yeah. afford to start, throw him out there for two innings and then pull him out no matter what. Yeah. So you're not going to do that at the big league level because you obviously you're trying to win the games in Tacoma. It's a little bit different. But he's got this two-seam fastball now that he will throw, it seems like, at the front shoulder of left-handed hitters, and it will break back across the inside corner of the strike zone. He got three of his five strikeouts yeah. yesterday looking on that exact pitch, and I honestly don't know how you so get that pitch. just for fun, I'm, I'm going to drop a few uh, Mariner highlights in today. Yeah. On the show, and we don't even need to talk about it. We'll just play the Mariner. Mariner Highlight and get right back into football. Beaver football, Oregon State, Boise State coming up Saturday night. So back to football yeah. and the Big 12 deal. So what happened this morning? So uh, it just seemed, so I think Brent McMurphy had this first, Yeah, I think. I believe he did, yeah. So the Big 12 will begin initial talks with ESPN on a new media rights deal as early as next week while discussions with Fox are expected to start after Labor Day. Um, so the reason they are doing this, uh, so let me, one more, I'll read one more paragraph. And this Big 12 has announced Wednesday officially that it would start early negotiations with its new media rights deal, which could begin in 2025. The Big 12's current grant of rights expires in 2024. Entering early negotiations could put the Big 12 and the Pac 12. On a direct collision course. So now, what this allows? Let me let me just add. Ahead, yeah. The Big Twelve came back, you know, and and to try to I don't know why put out the statement. I guess to say no, 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 we're not going after the Pac-12. But the Big Twelve came back out back and said, well, we always talk, you know, at at all times yeah. about our media partners, or we're always in touch with our media partners about what we're doing. But this is a little that it's a little disingenuous. Yeah. This, this is more of a you know. Like what you said, big time discussion to perhaps take that momentum because prior to this, the Pac-12 was gaining a lot of momentum in in the news about having a deal with ESPN spurned recently by the Big Ten and some really big dollars for the Pac-12 that would hurt the Big 12. So the Big 12 responded. And there's a reason that they do this this early, not even just to get out in front and, you know, hammer out some talks. So what the Pac-12 and the Big 12 do with this is they're trying to get a number they can throw in front of prospective members that are not in the league. Right. In the Pac-12's case, here's what you they make. want it. They want a number to give it Oregon and Washington so they don't go anywhere. Step one. Step two. Throw a number at desirable brands that you could see in your conference in the future. So the Big 12, I'm sure, will try and get a number from ESPN and Fox, and then walk right up to Montlake to Washington and say, "Here's what we got." Yeah, but the Pac-12's already been working on that. I know. So it's who's going to so, have, who's gonna have a better offer. Uh, right. The Big 12 is trying to trying to counter that uh-huh. so that they can and I don't know that anybody knows the true numbers. And that you know that see that gives ESPN the uh the position where they were now hurting because of a, of being spurned by the SEC and by the Big 10 who got rid of ESPN after that 30-year relationship between the Big Ten and ESPN, it, there were just as you follow articles, mm-hmm. and as we were following articles, like, okay, all right, see, where are we? Well, the wave is up. The wave is down. Well, these last two days, it's all about how, wow, ESPN's really 
really been uh, kind of um, spurned and maybe maybe licking their wounds, and now they're back in position of power uh-huh. because of uh, both the twelve. Uh, uh, um, Pac-12 and Big 12 courting them and battling it out with each other. Yeah, again, and I still think, so we see all this news from the Big 12. I still think the Pac-12 is in a much better position. We, we've already talked about it. The Big 12 cannot offer that time slot of 7.30 Pacific. They cannot. They don't. Like those Are those teams going to play at 9.30 at night? No, and that, that's a crucial point they're because not, they're not going to do it. They love that slot, yeah. and they need that slot. Also, but the Pac-12 is the one that's gonna that plays in that slot right. all the time, right? And it's the two big brands that are still on the West Coast, Oregon and Washington, that are sitting there and be like, "Well, ESPN said we get fifteen million dollars a year more if we stay in this seven thirty p.m. time slot and stay in the Pac-12 because that is what the conference can offer us because we can be in this exclusive window of seven thirty p.m." Um. Of pack of of college football on a late Saturday night and Thursday and Friday games as well. I think we mentioned that yesterday. Right. So with the Big Twelve, the Big Ten being on uh, on Fox almost exclusively, they does Fox do a Friday uh, a, a midweek game? Do they do a Thursday or Friday? I don't think so. Okay. I think that was ESPN. Maybe the I think the Big Ten Network might. But yeah, not, but I, I ESPN's don't, I don't usually, remember. ESPN's the one who has the exclusive Friday night game, usually. Mm-hmm. That primetime mm-hmm. Friday night game. So that slot could go almost now exclusively to the Pac-12, along with the late slot. Because you know the SEC's not playing in that slot. It's going to be interesting to see what writers and who gets the contacts to leak information out about this very thing between the two leagues negotiations with ESPN and how is ESPN handling this? How is ESPN? uh, I mean, obviously they're, they're in a great position, but at the same time, both the leagues want top dollar. ESPN is going to have to pay top dollar. It won't be Fox money like the big 10 got, No, but it'll be more than what the PAC 12 is currently getting. Correct. Which would be great. Now, Canzano had a piece, uh, a couple of lines in an article that maybe maybe Oregon and Washington might stick around for a couple of years with a new Pac-12 deal of, of pretty good money with still the idea that they go to a, a bigger, mm-hmm. the Big Ten, bigger and conference with more money. Big Ten said they would are looking to expand to 20 teams. Yeah, but you have to remember, too, the bigger the conference, I mean, the more teams, the, the smaller the slice of the pie. For not, each for each school, not necessarily, because you add it's it's still a, a per school, and you that number overall number will go up if you add. I don't more think schools. it does. The articles I've been reading, it's the opposite. If you add more schools, the slice goes down. By how much? Commensurate to the the number of schools mm-hmm. getting divided into a total number. So say if Oregon and Washington join the Big Ten. So they're currently locked in a seven-year, $7.5 billion media rights deal. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy number. Would that number not go up to, say, eight and a half? I don't think so. I think it's that's the number, and you divide it by the total number of teams in your conference. Hmm. I say that with 80% confidence based on articles I've read and a conversation I had with Scott Barnes. Interesting. Well, it it will be something to think about because um, 
like you said, that the, the it doesn't have to be now per se that the that Washington and Oregon would leave. They could stay for the next deal and leave after that one is done. They yeah, right, right, right. That's kind of what uh, Kanzano was leaning on. That like, yeah, they may come back, help the Pac-12, and 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 it gets it solidified, and then leave later. Because who is the Big Ten's number one target? Notre Dame. Correct. And neither of the two teams that we've been discussing are anywhere close to Notre Dame. And if Oregon and Washington are like, we'll come together, but if you're like, hey, you guys are still 100% courting Notre Dame, and you only want to invite one or the other of us if you invite Notre Dame, well, that doesn't leave us much incentive to come to you right now. Well, one thing is, is it's been a lot of great drama, and it's perfect for for talk radio and Absolutely. for getting excited about things when there are no games being played. Um, the, there's another thing that's, that hasn't really been discussed. And, and before he went po- uh, political, Clay Travis did a really good job of breaking down over the last couple of years uh, that he was doing his sports morning show on Fox, which we carried, of breaking down how ESPN was losing money, hemorrhaging money, mm-hmm. because of everybody cutting the cord. Yeah. And the cord cutting has not stopped. And, you know, all the numbers added up to just millions, if not billions of dollars of losses mm-hmm. over the amount of subscribers to, you know, main platforms where you pay money to subscribe, subscribe yeah. for all the channels. And then you're paying an extra 5 or $10 for ESPN, even if you're not a sports fan. So with cord cutting, revenue loss... It'll, it's a, unless something has changed that hasn't come out, he was really the only one following that and providing numbers and stuff. Um, unless something has changed, if they're still hemorrhaging money, how are they able to enter into any of these talks uh, and talk billions of dollars when they may not have it? Oh, it's it's all projecting future revenue, right? That's it. You right, banking, and so I'm a little surprised that they can. You are banking that you a can sell enough. Yeah. That's, that's number one in literally anything we ever do. Yeah, the show operates because we sell. We sell it. Everything's and about sales, same, even if it, it's a if, if even if it's a subscription. Correct. And it, it and what ESPN tried to take a step towards eliminating some of the cord cuts is selling ESPN Plus. Yeah. You don't have to buy all the other channels. You get everything you want with ESPN. If you have ESPN Plus, you'll have every channel you could want. Unfortunately, I have to, I have to dig into my pocket and pay money for a platform so that I can get the Pac-12 network. I didn't need it late spring throughout the summer, and uh, and went with YouTube TV. But now I got to get another one, and mm-hmm. and to get the Pac-12 network, which I don't want to do, but I have to. Mm-hmm. I wish it could be a la carte, <clears throat> but it's not, and that's just the way it is. Okay, oh. before we break. And we'll keep talking about this if there's more to discuss, but I want to go over a couple of texts. Mark in Tigard, who's actually in, is it Wyoming? Yeah, in Wyoming. Uh, good podcast today, but note the cover says you talked with Matt Barnes. Um, you got to that early, Mark, because TJ and I were sitting in my office, oh, I don't know, just after 10 o'clock today, and I saw that because I had submitted this to Learfield uh, about 5 o'clock this morning. And I saw that. I'm like, oh, I need to get to that because someone's going to notice. And wouldn't you know, 
um, they changed it right away. So mm-hmm. it's back. It's it's Scott Barnes. I would say it would be very entertaining for you to talk to Matt Barnes. Uh, Matt <laughs> Barnes is a very he's very he's a very funny guy. Yeah, yeah, that would have been some headlines in the past. That would have been fun chasing Derek Fisher's wife. Love hearing TJ's passion talking M's. Yes, the I I lean on you for M's information because you're a fan. Well, I am too, but because you're a, you're a lifetimer. Uh, the most anticipated Beaver football season in a decade, yes. Coupled with the Mariners chasing down a wild card spot is as good a fall sports calendar as you could ask for. A hundred percent. Absolutely. TJ's right. The number will go up once the next deal is negotiated. I'm pretty sure I read differently, but I'm not going to hang my hat on anything uh, because there's just so everything's so fluid and, and information, whatever. So it, it may be that way. You you could be right. Mm-hmm. I just, I was pretty sure it was the other way around. It doesn't matter. More inventory of teams will increase the money for the networks. Thus, more overall money is distributed to all partners. There are more mouths to feed, but more money to be distributed. If that wasn't the case, nobody would expand. Well, yeah, okay, you yeah, make a good point more, there. More, uh, just, I guess, to the point, it, for example, like how we care the Mariners, so they can now sell more on their network, their radio network sponsorships. Because, I get it. I get the philosophy. Are, because I'm we're just, here in Oregon. All I'm saying is, is that I was told something recently mm-hmm. along the lines of, Mm-hmm. More teams, less money, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw it in an article. But I'm not going to argue with anybody. I'm not going to argue with anybody. If they, add... I, I'm, I'm uh, doing a more zen approach yeah. to to things this year. But before we go to break, you and I were talking about this the other day, and you pointed out that Phoenix and a couple of other markets that the Big Twelve doesn't have any markets no. as big as some of the smaller What's ones. What's the biggest one? Waco? For the Big 12, for the, uh, well, Dallas for TCU. Oh, I guess that's a good point, yeah. But, as I read the other day, that's that it, though, even right? though Dallas is that big market, that's a good, what, top five, I think, or whatever. Oh, it's, easy, it's easily top ten. I think it's probably somewhere in the five. Yeah, but, but that it's not, the, it wasn't, uh, not everybody's watching. That's no. true of the Bay Area, too. And we talked about this, that Stanford and yeah, Cal may Bay be Area in a really good market, but market for. but it's all about the pros yep. down there. So I don't know if TV says, ooh, you're in, you're in the Bay Area. We want all those TVs. Or if they say, yeah, you're in the Bay Area, but nobody's watching. Yeah. Well, they might I don't just, know how they make their— They might still theoretically be on those TVs, but no one's turning to that channel. Yeah, right, right. Which might be the so. issue. That, that's up to how they do it. Haley Cole will join us. We're going to take a break and come back and uh, get our first student athlete on the Joe Beaver Show, which is, you know, one of the reasons why we do this. And Haley will join us. She's a junior from Sheldon High School uh, in uh, in goal for Oregon State women's uh, soccer this year. They're 2-0-2. She will join us next. Glad to uh, have you along. Again, those phone or the phone number for the two different uh, ways of reaching us. The University Haunted text line, 541-497-5356. Same number for the Downward Dog phone line. Be right back with Haley Cole after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany, where quality, service, and peace of mind meet you as you walk through the door at 4120 Sandiam Highway in Albany. Power Honda is family-owned and offers new vehicles and over a 1,000 used vehicles to choose from. Power Honda has a Google review of 4.9 stars, offers financing for everyone, and knows how to treat their customers' needs. Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany. 
Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Need a passport or visa picture for any foreign country, including Canada? Wise Photo Printing can help. Need to transfer an old video or film to a digital format? Wise Photo Printing can help. Looking to restore or manipulate an image, or do you need a high-resolution scan of a print negative or a slide? Wise Photo Printing can help. They have a self-service kiosk, too. Wise Photo Printing, 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis. Helping you get it done. We set them up, you knock them down. Want to get out of the house, do something fun this fall? Fall leagues are now forming at Highland Bowl. Hey, fall league is good exercise. It's inexpensive and it's perfect for beginners. With lots of different leagues to choose from each week, you're sure to find something that works for you. For more info, call or stop by Highland Bowl. They're on 9th Street in Corvallis or log on to highlandbowl.com. We set them up, you knock them down. Bob Simons Insurance is once again a key sponsor of the 16th Annual Salem Roadster Show on September 24th and 25th at the Oregon State Fairgrounds in Salem. With over 180 cars featuring classics, rat rods, hot rods, muscle cars, tuners, and more, come enjoy the 16th Annual Show, the longest-running consecutive indoor car show on the West Coast at the Jackman Long Building at the Oregon State Fairgrounds, September 24th and 25th. Admission is $15, but ages 17 and under are free. Gates open at 9 a.m. Saturday and Sunday. Hi, this is TJ Matthewson. Join me this fall for exciting Corvallis High School football here on 1240 Joe Radio. The Spartans open the season on Friday night, September 2nd against the West Albany Bulldogs. CHS football is brought to you by your local area Les Schwab Tire Centers, Evergreen Indian Restaurant, Highland Bowl, Independent Auto Works, Fuller with Rental, Corvallis Floor Covering, Albans Plumbing, and by Lynn Benton Tractor. Follow the Spartans throughout the year here on 1240 Joe Radio, your year-round source for sports. Good job, TJ. We'll have you tomorrow, uh, Friday night. Friday night, I'll be in studio. We do a full studio show where, where we cover all the scores, as many as we can find. It's hard mm-hmm. to find them on Friday nights, and then uh, we'll get to get some high school stuff. I, I don't want them to get lost in the shuffle of what we do here on 1240 Joe Radio. Speaking of high school, I think of Sheldon High School and our, our next guest, our first guest, actually, of the program today, Haley Cole from Eugene, a junior in goal for Oregon State. Haley, how you doing? Hi, how's it going? Good. Excellent. We really appreciate you taking time for us today. I'm John, he's TJ, and uh, you're the first OSU student athlete to be on the Joe Beaver Show this year. And by the way, we've been doing this show, I think, as long as you've been alive, for 22 years. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a 2001, so have you guys been airing since then? <laughs> well, right before we went on the air is when you were born, so this is pretty <laughs> nice. cool. Um, I love it. 2-0-2, two, and, two, and you're just getting your minutes this year because of the situation. Yes. You're a great goalkeeper in front of you last year, and things are going well. Talk about, if you would, the uh, the time that you waited, and now you're getting your chance and what that's like. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, I, as a freshman, I came in, and Bridget Skibo is here, who's a fantastic goalkeeper. I give her a ton of props, 
She's a really great training partner for Isabel and I, the other uh, junior goalkeeper now. But we came in kind of together as freshmen, and we were number two and three sitting behind Bridget. And so we had a lot of time to grow and learn and just play behind her and kind of soak up everything that we were learning at training and implement it into games. And, yeah, it was a new experience for me, some club I was came from a club where I was playing every single mm-hmm. game and mm-hmm. then it was a bit of an adjustment to be on the bench for those first two seasons but here we are. Haley, we were just talking earlier before uh, when we started the program today about football and uh, some portal issues, which we, we talked a lot about portal issues last spring and, and fall and, and winter, but, but just kind of revisiting it because of how coaches are kind of changing the way they announce their starting quarterbacks or starting positions anywhere to not make the backup upset so they leave and while the way you just talked right there reminded me of the old days where you you bided your time you watched someone who was better and then you learned and you waited and now you're excited to do it is there this portal thing does it ever did it ever enter your mind that you could go somewhere else and be a starter I mean, yes, that's obviously in everybody in the back of everybody's mind. If you're sitting on the bench, it's an enticing option. And I, yeah, honestly, it did cross my mind at different points because you go in and you're like, oh, shoot, like I definitely could transfer somewhere else and I could be playing right now. But it all kind of came down to where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in Oregon. I wanted to be close to home. It's a good training environment, and I like the coaching staff. So for me, those were kind of the factors that made me stay. But, yeah, it's definitely something that crosses people's minds, and I know a whole bunch of people who have done that, who have gone in kind of expecting to play, and then once they don't play for a season or two, they decide that their time's up and that they need to go somewhere else to get those minutes. Haley, this is TJ here with John. So you mentioned you it was a real big adjustment for you when you come here and you're on the bench for two seasons. How do goalies stay sharp when they're not getting in the rhythm of the game uh, every single game? And it's almost like, you know, you're, you're cold for, for two whole years. Oh, yeah. No, it's all about getting those game-realistic minutes and training. So obviously as a goalkeeper, it's, I mean, pretty typical to only play one pretty much the entire season unless there's sickness or injury. And so as the number two, three, four, all those backups, we need to stay sharp and as sharp as we can be for whenever our time may come. So it's really all about training really hard every day and always being sharp and ready because you never know when your time might come. Haley, uh, when when did you realize you want to be a goalkeeper? I mean, it's uh, it, it is sort of the, the the captain on the field. It it seems like when did you realize that is what you wanted to try and do when you were playing soccer? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I started when I was super super young as a field player and a goalkeeper when I was in Eugene at Eugene Timbers, and I mean, I trained on the field and I also trained in goal. And then when I was about maybe. 12 years old or so, I kind of started making the transition more just towards goal. But for quite a while there, when I was pretty young, even before we even started playing 11 v 11, I would play one half on the field and then one half in goal. And that's just kind of the agreement that my coaches and I had at my old club. And then as I started to play it, I kind of realized, wow, this is not too bad. I kind of enjoyed it. I liked the communication aspect of it. I liked being able to see the whole field and organize and yeah, it's fun to jump through the air and make some big saves. John, fun story. When I used to play soccer, I played in goal too, but that was only because I didn't like running. So well, I played, and I, I played in goal too, again, like 40 years ago. And here, Haley, here's how I was told. Uh, you stink at, uh, at, at field play, but you're really pretty good at goal, so we're going to put you there. <laughs> 
And I, I yeah, handled that's it. Yeah, pretty, pretty typical. <laughs> All right. So you spent some time, you, a lot of soccer from your youth. I mean, you're only a junior in college, but your resume is filled with experience overseas, uh, three years in the U.S. Soccer National Training Center program. Um, mm-hmm. Were you... I mean, were your parents just like, we're doing this, we're getting you involved in everything, or was this what you wanted to do, and they they just helped you along? Oh, yeah. Well, my parents are actually both runners, so soccer was not their number one pick. <laughs> but I played, played all different sports growing up, and I kind of just fell in love with soccer from a very young age, and I still loved, like, basketball, volleyball, softball. Like, I ran, and I could ski, and do all the fun things that kind of, like, youth sports involved with but i really really liked soccer and i just kind of stuck in that and whenever it was a choice between going to volleyball practice or soccer practice it was always soccer oregon state goalie haley cole joining us here on the joe beaver show haley you grew up in duck country what brought you to the beavers (laughs) oh gosh yeah i kind of had a very atypical route to get to oregon state but yeah i grew up maybe 10 minutes from the University of Oregon, and I went to all the University of Oregon women's soccer games growing up, and then I actually committed there when I was just coming out of middle school going into high school at a very young age, and I was committed to play soccer for them for three, four years, and then I just decided over those high school years that it just wasn't a great fit for me. The team culture at the time was not great, and the coaching staff was not really what aligned with my values and beliefs, and so I just decided you know what, it's not really for me anymore like it was when I was younger. But then, yeah, I took a gap year after high school, and I went overseas for a little while, and then I came back and I decided I wanted to play college soccer in the States. And I wanted to stay close to home. I wanted to be in the Pac-12 in the best league. And, yeah, kind of settled on Oregon State. How hard was that conversation if you're 18, 17, 18 years old? You've been committed for three years. They think they've got you, and then you have to tell them no. That must have been a a pretty tough conversation. Yeah, it's definitely not a fun conversation, bit of an awkward meeting that I had with them. But I knew that that was just not the place that was going to be right for me, and so I knew that I needed to get out as soon as I could. And I went in there, and I just had to be honest with them and tell them that this is not a good fit for me anymore. You mentioned you got to go play a bunch internationally. What's the biggest thing someone can mm-hmm. learn from going and playing against uh, teams you know, from other countries and different styles and such? Oh, yeah. Well, everywhere that I've gone, the styles are very, very different, from, especially from just like traditional American style of soccer. And so it's been a great opportunity to go and learn and learn all like, the different techniques and different styles and different forms of communication. But yeah, when I was in Australia, one thing that I really picked up was the different forms of communication. Like they're Compared to what I have been involved with in the United States, they're way more harsh, and they Hmm. scream a lot, and they swear a lot, which is another big thing that I did not grow up doing in soccer. We were never allowed to swear, and I get to Australia, and it's every other word, and they don't take anything personally, but when things need to get done on the field, they're very on top of each other. Is that like a practice thing? Is that a game thing? I, I would understand a little bit more than practice, but I, I mean, it seems like being berated uh, during a game would be a little distracting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was mostly in training. It did happen in games, but they're just very, very on top of one another, and they hold each other accountable, which is something that I had a lot of respect for, and it was something that I think really helped me as a player, too. It's like, if you made a little mistake, maybe they wouldn't say something the first time, but if you keep making mistakes, they keep you in line. They know how to... 
when I when I was a, an athlete playing high school football, I could take anything from a coach. You can call me anything you want. I, I can't be mm-hmm. offended. But if a teammate got on me, I'm like, nah, uh, uh-uh, we're not doing that. Be- because yeah. and a lot of a lot of uh, athletes say, oh no, that's great leadership. I don't think so because who who made you the the king and and uh, I just didn't yeah. like that. Anyway, last question for you, and <clears throat> we really appreciate your time. I've been I've yeah, recently sure. been curious about this. I, I know the game, watch the game, you know as best as your average fan anyway. Played it as a little kid, mm-hmm. but I do have a question about being in the goal on a penalty kick. Is a penalty kick from the goalie's point of view, or from any anyone's point of view, is it a just a fifty fifty? You're guessing, or is there anything you can do to anticipate which direction they're going to go? Yeah, I mean, every goalkeeper kind of looks at a penalty kick in a different mindset, but my personal mindset with PK is I actually love them. I love the hopping in goal because nobody expects you to save it. The shooter is supposed to score that goal. It's a wide-open shot. Pretty much all the odds are stacked against us, but I personally do quite a bit of like preparation for them, and so we even scout who's taking their penalty kicks and who we, who has taken them in the past for that team. And we watch videos of them. And so for me, I kind of like to play my odds. So if I know that they're right or left footed, that also will kind of predict which direction they're going to go. And I can also kind of watch them on the field. Some people like to go across their body with all their shots. So then I can predict like, Oh, she's probably going to shoot across her body or this, I know this girl's a lefty Mm -hmm. or, yeah, it's kind of it's a big mental game, but some people just guess 50-50, but I like to kind of play my odds a little bit more than that. Last thing, Haley, I guess to follow up on that, is there something that they can sort of, and we talk about pitchers tipping their pitches, can someone, mm-hmm. uh, is there something, uh, you know, goal scorers do to tip where they're going? Um, you know, it depends on the shooter. Some of them maybe not the most clever and a little bit, too obvious with it, but some people can show you with what direction their hips are facing or the way that they line up to hit the ball. So that's something that I definitely analyze right before they're about to shoot. I try to see if they're kind of giving me giving me one side over the other. Okay, well we're out of time, but I got to just say this has been the most fun and 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 quality interview I think we've ever done in 20 years. So good for you. <laughs> we really appreciate it. And best of luck the rest of the way. We'll touch base with uh, your your coaches and teammates as the year moves along, but uh, good luck tomorrow night against the uh, Broncos. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks Haley. Take care. Thanks you too. Haley Cole, junior goalkeeper from Sheldon Really good answers. Yeah, that, that is a uh, a smart young woman. That that was fun. Really good stuff. Good and, and mentioning just like and, and Haley uh, didn't even mention she did stop a goal kick earlier this year in the game before I called. I got to call the Wyoming game on the stream, but the game before against Eastern Washington, Eastern Washington could have put the game away on a penalty kick, and she got and it. she stopped it. Nice. And again, it's. You pick up, I guess, on little things they do, a twitch of the hand, and like uh-huh. she said, which way their hips are facing, etc. Yeah. How they line up. I mean, it's... well, as she was answering that, I, I got to thinking. You know, you could, you could, at, at least with film, go to the the the, the kickers that they generally choose mm-hmm. to be their their penalty kickers, and then watch film on them, and watch enough film where you can find that that tell mm-hmm. if you're a poker player i say the only thing is there's just like maybe not enough penalty kicks because you get maybe one a game maybe and you're not well gonna... they're regular game yeah. like oh they really really favor the right they just do mm-hmm. they favor the right on let's say a push mm-hmm. so she's gonna go 
kick it to her right rather yeah. than try to hook it in. So maybe something little like that. Yeah, just the tiniest things. But that's the thing about soccer. I mean, I talk about sample sizes a lot with baseball. Soccer is almost the opposite because there's you know so few scores, so few opportunities that you really yeah. got to nail it down when they do actually do what they're going to do. Yeah. All right. Great first hour. That was we, a good first hour. We have uh, lots to talk about in the second hour, but also Carter Baines, who's been at every practice for Oregon State from beaverblitz.com, does a great job. He'll join us right out of the shoot at 12.05. Still have to give away two pair of tickets to the football game. I, I'm If we don't figure it out today or tomorrow how to do it in some creative way or when to do it, we'll just give them away at the Citizens Bank Joe Beaver Roadshow on Friday, and we'll have five to give away instead of three pair. Just toss them up in the air and let people <laughs> and run. see who gets them. All right. Thanks, TJ. Thanks, everybody. Back after the break. Okay, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. Well, 40. Joe Reed. Now, the parent company of Snapchat and Bitmoji today confirmed reports that it is starting a series of layoffs to trim 20% of its workforce. Snap Incorporated says it's restructuring in a bid to improve its revenue growth. The job cuts will reportedly impact the company's hardware and developer products departments the hardest. Snap is also scrapping several projects, including its Pixie photo-taking drone and its lineup of original programming. Investors are giving thumbs up to those moves. Snap shares up 8.8% today. Stocks are firmly in the red overall. However, the Dow Industrial is down 240 points. The S&P 500 lower by 26. The Nasdaq Composite has dropped 58. Well, space launches are all the rage these days, and Rocket Lab USA is one of the leaders in the field. According to analysts at Cowan, the investment firm has raised its rating on the company, projecting a big upside for the stock, likely more than 50% from current levels. In response, shares of Rocket Lab are taking off today, a jump of 5.5%. That's your money now. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall, if you're allergic to pork, or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N info.com. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off. That's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. Need a passport or visa picture for any foreign country, including Canada? Wise Photo Printing can help. Need to transfer an old video or film to a digital format? Wise Photo Printing can help. Looking to restore or manipulate an image, or do you need a high-resolution scan of a print negative or a slide? Wise Photo Printing can help. They have a self-service kiosk, too. 
Wise Photo Printing, 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis, helping you get it done. For the Bloomberg Business of Sports Report, I'm Michael Barr. Cameron Smith has left the PGA for the Saudi-backed Live Golf. Smith is this year's British Open winner and is the world's second-ranked golfer. Alex Rodriguez's $1.5 billion deal to buy the NBA's Minnesota Timberwolves is now said to be in danger. According to the Daily Mail, the former MLB star is struggling to raise capital since breaking up with Jennifer Lopez, who is said to provide the second payment. The New York Yankees and Main Street Advisors, a Santa Monica firm that works with entertainment industry moguls, are set to take a stake in Italian soccer club AC Milan. That's according to the Financial Times, citing two unidentified people with direct knowledge of the matter. Wondering how much courtside seats with exclusive dining cost at the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament? According to the U.S. Tennis Association, about two dozen seats can each cost more than $10,000. With a Bloomberg Business of Sports report, I'm Michael Barr. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Now, local businesses can get closer to every customer in their city with fast, affordable shipping. Introducing USPS Connect Local. You want speed? We deliver same or next day. You want savings? We give you supplies at a flat rate. You want less legwork? We do free pickups. Move your local business forward with the United States Postal Service. Let's connect at uspsconnect.com local. Specific markets. Restrictions apply. Same day or next day delivery expected, but not guaranteed with entry close to final destination. The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. 22. What do you mean? 22. After all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 22 23. But now the question is. USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. But where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics? Mad transfers. How did it get here? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. A what? You know, portaled from wherever you were to here. What's that? It's a, a different kind of portal. Oh, it's just changed so radically, and we're all... Running to catch up. And realignments. They both be pencils. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back. And the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now there are a few more topics that we have to cover. And we will not talk about transfers. And we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? Joe Beaver is on 1240 Joe Radio. All right, it is time to enter our number two of the program. John Warren with T.J. Mathewson here for uh, for the program. We have 
one guest this hour, and then wide open topics, uh, maybe even some audio if we if we get to it, and uh, open phones as well. Open phones on the University Honda text line five four one four nine seven five three five six, and the Downward Dog phone line, same phone number four nine seven five three. Five six, And don't forget our Citizens Bank broadcast on Friday, where we'll have pizza, we'll have some commemorative coins, and uh, we'll also have at least three pair of tickets to give away to the game this Friday, uh, this Saturday night, and, um, and maybe more, depending on what we do with these two pair that I have sitting right here. So all of that coming up here this week on the Joe Beaver Show. Carrie Eggers will join us tomorrow, and that'll be fun. Carrie, a longtime scribe, and of course... Uh, uh, he, he he's an alum, right? His dad was working here, and I think so. Anyway, Kerry Eggers will join us. Right now it's Carter Baines, a youngster from beaverblitz.com, working with Angie Machado and, and uh, 24-7 Sports. How you doing, Carter? I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm sitting on I-5 right now on my way down to Corvallis. Uh, of course, talking to Trent Bray and a couple of defensive players today. Uh, pulling up on, on everybody's favorite I-5 freeway exit. Good old exit 228 here in about two minutes. So getting close to Cornell and, uh, and uh, count down the days to game day. You know, my mental health has just been off the charts this week, knowing that we've got a football game on Saturday. Do you drive? Where I mean, where do you live? Are you in in Portland, Tiger, Beaverton? Where Where are you come from? Yeah, I'm in Sherwood right now. Sherwood. Okay, so you you make your way up and down da- and back every every single day that you've been covering the Beavers this summer, haven't you? Yeah, it's, you know, about an hour and a half one way, so call it three hours round trip. Um, it's, it's a drive that I've made many times over the last, you know, four or five years uh, with my time covering Oregon State. So uh, it's, I, I know it like the back of my hand because I basically just get on autopilot yeah. when I uh, drive down to Port Island. So I don't mind it. It's, you know, it's a beautiful day to, to drive down through the Willamette Valley today and, and has been all summer, so... It's not terrible. Well, I hope at least Carter gets cash back on his gas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the going rate is. 60 cents a mile. Hey, this, this summer, it, uh, yeah, I, I, I've seen better gas prices. That's for sure. Yeah. Carter Baines, com joining us here. You've seen everything. You've been there. It's been very consistent for you in covering this team uh, for three weeks in August and then now game week. Uh with with Mike Parker being gone, TJ and I are in studio. We don't have TJ out there with you gathering audio. What was your uh, impressions, if you will, on Tuesday, yesterday? I know you haven't gotten there yet today for after game week practice with players and coaches. I don't even know who was made available. Yeah, well, we said I know she talked to... Uh, running back coach AJ Stewart, and then uh, starting quarterback Chance Nolan, and uh, who else? Oh, uh, Luke Musgrave. Okay. So the starters there on the offensive side of the ball, of course, the depth chart. I don't think that was a surprise to any of us. Uh, AJ Stewart, you know, not talking to not talking to the coordinator this week in Brian Lindgren. Um, you know, interesting to, to kind of get the perspective on the running backs room from Coach Stewart. Uh, his perspective is that, you know, all five guys were listed on that are, are going to be featured backs there, but uh, you can see as many as four or five guys 
get on the field. And then from the players, you know, I think right now one of the takeaways I had is, is they're totally dialed in to Boise State prep. You know, they haven't started school yet. They're super amped to get out there after, you know, hitting each other for, for four weeks um, throughout August. I think they're just pumped and they're, they're super dialed in right now. Um, and I just think the level of focus and, and excitement that they have going into this year uh, is, is, is at a level that's a little bit higher than I think we've seen uh, in the last four years of just the, the Johnson Smith there. I, I think there really is a true sense of excitement in that locker room right now that they haven't had. Carter Baines at BeaverBlitz.com joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. Carter, well, you've had now, I think, three, uh, two full days now to look at the depth chart. Any surprises that you saw? No real surprises. Again, I mentioned the, you know, the, the running back room. I had kind of tapped four or five guys on that two deep there, but it's always, you know, it, it always kind of makes you pause when you see that many guys listed at a position where, you know, traditionally, there's only one guy on the field at a time. Um, so I think, you know, for somebody who hasn't necessarily been following the team as closely as we have, seeing five guys there is, you know, could come across as a surprise. Uh, Matthias Malachi Donaldson getting on the 2D but outside linebacker is a true freshman. Maybe not necessarily shocking, but I, I think, uh, you know, it's not one that I necessarily predicted, and I think it's kind of cool to see uh, him crack the 2D right away. Um, Outside of that, you know, I, I think it's interesting that they're listing two tight ends uh, on the, the depth chart as well. They did that a lot last year uh, in an attempt to get Victoriano and Montreal on the field at the same time. But, you know, I didn't necessarily expect it this year just with the fact that, you know, there's, there's only one proven guy in that room. I didn't know if they were going to commit to two tight ends that uh, as much as they did last year, but it looks like that's going to be part of the game plan this year. Outside of that, I think everything is, is pretty much in shock. You know, I, uh, it, it kind of went pretty much how I think most of us expected it. And Carter, I also thought it was very interesting that there is no true backup quarterback. Jonathan would not say who the backup quarterback it was. Instead, listening as a week-to-week proposition, which, as I guess, as we talked about earlier on the show, is you know a strategy to keep everyone in the room and not in the portal. No, I totally agree. I, I think that's why. Jonathan Smith chose not to name a starter until Monday of game week, and if that's been his approach the last few years, I think that is almost 100% predicated on just ensuring that everybody stays there and stays engaged. And, you know, obviously, with the transfer portal, a lot of guys hear their role in, in player and coach meetings after fall camp and say, all right, well, this isn't for me anymore. Uh, we've already seen one departure. Uh, with Jake Blair leave for the transfer portal, you know, as a former quarterback turned wide receiver, um, I, I think this time of year you're always going to see one, two, three guys uh, in, in the portal after they find out that they're not going to be necessarily part of the game plan. And so, not naming a backup quarterback, I think it's, I, I think there's an element of that to it. Uh, and then, of course, waiting until Monday to to Dave Nolan starter, I, I think. Keeping everybody happy is probably part of the game there. Yeah, and it's a problem, I think, 
across the land now in college football, and it's uh, it's just one more thing we're learning. Oh yeah, you got to think of that now with this portal thing. It's it's kind of out of control. Real quickly, I want to go back to the running backs you talked about. I think that top to bottom is, is certainly the top three or four could be interchangeable uh, based on how they looked in camp and the experience. Um, and there, a lot of times there's a, a platooning system with, with Jonathan Smith anyway. Now they will ride the hot hand, and that's kind of how Baylor really emerged. And, then, and uh, you know, uh, they will ride the hot hand, but for the first little while, it's more platooning than anything. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and I'm actually not really surprised to see so many guys on that team. But I, I would expect that, well, Lowe and Ben McCarland did have one and two, you're going to see a lot of Damian Martinez. Uh, you're going to see some Jam Griffin. Yeah. I don't know about Isaiah Newell. You know, I, I think he has improved quite a bit and, and has certainly earned a look. I, I think, you know, unfortunately for him, he's got four really talented guys ahead of him. Um, but, no, I, I would not be surprised to see two, three, four, and potentially even five guys pick up a carry this week. I, I do think, and you mentioned riding the hot hand, that Lindgren and Smith and, you know, Petrie, when he was here coaching the running back, and last year Coach Stewart, they seem to, to really like to settle in with a guy. Um, Jamar Jefferson became that guy. Uh, Artavis Pierce a little bit, and, and of course, DJ Baylor most recently. Uh, Oregon State has had at least two guys who are capable of, of starting at the running back position for each of the last four years or so. Um, but more often than not, you see Oregon State tend to feature one guy over the others. And, and so I'm curious to see if that becomes the case this year. You know, can Deshaun Fenwick um, do enough? To, to settle in as the future back, does that become Trey Lowe? Does, does Davey Martinez jump those guys? Or do we actually see a, a full-on committee for really the first time since Jonathan got here? I'm curious to see how that plays out over the next few weeks. Last thing, Carter. Appreciate your time. I know you're driving down. Um, what impression do you have of Bengal Branson? And if you had to describe his strengths or weaknesses, what would it be? I think Ben's biggest strength is just his ability to place the ball on the target uh, downfield with, with more accuracy and more consistency than Nolan and Jevia. But one thing that I saw from Will Branson when he first came in as a true freshman, uh, I, I believe as an early enrollee a couple of years ago, um, back when he was a, a, a true freshman, I, I think in 2019, 2020, I uh, can't remember exactly what year at this point, but uh, the, the thing that stood out to me is just his, his arm strength has, has always been more impressive to me than that of a, a Jebbia or a Nolan uh, or a, even a Jake Blue. I think Ben has the potential uh, to be a really good quarterback on this team, and, and for that reason, I, I think his upside is so attractive to me that you know, if Nolan knock on wood, you know, where to go down. Um, I, I would really like to see what, what Ben brings to the table before you bring in more of a game manager type than, than Jebbia in that backup role. Uh, I just think his ability to potential, potentially, potentially take the top off of defense and, and, you know, really open up part of the, the offense that hasn't been there the last couple of years, uh, that's, that's really intriguing to me.
what Sam Bismarck was here, too, I, he brought kind of a similar skill set to the mix. Um, of course, Sam Bowman also at Boise State now, which is, uh, you know, kind of an interesting coincidence. But uh, those two last year had, in my opinion, the strongest arm on the team. And now that Sam's gone, I, I think that distinction might that right now. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Really appreciate your time. Uh, have fun out in the heat, standing there under the tree. For do, do you get to watch? Are we done watching practices like we were at the last part of the fall camp? Yeah, we're totally closed out now. So yeah. practice will wrap up around 12.30, and then we'll talk to Coach Gray and a couple of players today. All right, good luck. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for, for coming on with us. Thanks for having me. You got it. That's Carter Baines from BeaverBlitz.com doing a great job, as always, <clears throat> on the website with Angie Machado. And you can subscribe and get all kinds of goodies to uh, to the thing. You know, I think of Beaver Blitz, and I know you work with, with Brendan. Um, and the difference between 20 years ago when I got here, 23 years ago and now, as far as information ability... And things that are created, created content by average people. It's like trying to drink out of a fire hose. There's, There's so much of it. So many options. There's a lot of options. Yeah. yeah it is. Uh, Carter's yeah. one of the best, though. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic <clears throat> guy to uh, get to work with and go hang out. And uh, I'll see him next week, I guess, when I'm back, <laughs> back out in some audio. And Mike is back next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a sense uh, Friday let's hope let's hope yeah. Friday for wow. Saturday's game I just game. scrolled across uh, my Twitter timeline if one <laughs> a fun fact a fun Pac-12 fact unrelated to Oregon State's depth chart yeah so uh, I think this is a Washington offensive lineman um, and he he da, 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 uh, dropped 30 pounds overall you know got a lot stronger yada yada and he said he he uh, he dropped McDonald's uh, to to get to that weight, which w- would make sense in his order at McDonald's is <laughs> two double quarter pounders, two McChickens, large fry, Oreo McFlurry, large Coke. I'm like, wow. Whoa! For a collegiate, I know offensive linemen eat a lot. But that is a lot of food. I just I was taken slightly taken aback at that. I can uh, I can tell him from experience. You cannot do that as you get older. <laughs> you can. I are... can remember. I can remember the uh-huh. process. Where I could go to McDonald's every single day. Now I would always just get the single thing, like a, you know, a Big Mac and fries and a drink from McDonald's every single day at age eighteen, up to about age thirty, and then no more. And then your stomach starts like sort of rejecting it. Yeah, and you, you know, and you just get fat. <laughs> yeah, there's a and the, the thing about like there are like. I feel like healthier ways you can eat, you can eat fast food. You can, you don't, you can get like, you know, grilled chicken sandwiches. Those are usually mm-hmm. deep on the healthier side as well. So, I mean, he, he, he could switch it from two double quarter pounders to two double, you know, grilled chickens or something. And then that would have been a, a little bit better, but yeah. that's just something I, I thought about. Maybe something the team nutritionists would uh, approve a little bit more. Huh. That's why Chick-fil-A is good. Cause chicken's usually on the, on well, the healthier, they're, so. they're coming to Corvallis. They are. I know. So that's very exciting news for myself. I, I do. Is... I do enjoy Chick-fil-A. Although they're we, so need, we need a raising canes too. I thought after What's spending that? time, uh, it's a chicken finger place. They have them littered throughout California. There's some in Texas, some in Arizona. Hmm. Uh, I think it started in the South. I think right next to LSU's campus. I heard never heard but of them. It's uh, yeah, it's it, they have, they have them right near 
ASU's campus. I do really enjoy it. They're good. I'll have to look them games. up when I visit my son in Scottsdale. You'll have to, although Scottsdale probably has better food than Raising Cane's. But for <laughs> on a college budget, Raising Cane's is phenomenal. Now that he's there, I can go to the ASU game. Yeah, because we play down there this year. Yep. And uh, I can finally, as a Cardinal fan, since 1974, Jim Hart, Otis Anderson, Conrad Dobler, I can finally go to a Cardinal game, which I could have done years ago, but I just haven't, and go down there to Glendale for a Cardinals game, which I plan to do at some point this year. It's like a giant warehouse, that stadium. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, what's the name of the Diamondbacks? Uh, Chase Field. Chase Field. Went there a couple of months ago yeah yeah it was kind of warehousey yeah it, it, it that was, one also is a warehouse but I, when you play in the desert i mean yeah i mean it was fine build it, you got to build it in a warehouse no so it was it was fine cool. yeah it was fine no complaints it had a great a, time there's a sports book right next to it and uh yeah i know that was cool <laughs> and it was so hot you know cliche it was a thousand degrees but i don't know how much it must cost them to air condition that many square feet what costs them more the air conditioning or the water they have to now import oh see that's that's a good question and heat i I, when i was living in an apartment i could run my ac all summer long and my my uh bill didn't really get affected Mm -hmm. as soon as i started doing heat now granted it was the old school baseboard heating my electric bill shot through the roof yeah uh i i don't know the math on that i was honestly my current apartment does not have air conditioning, so I don't really have to. Uh, so I don't have to worry about paying for air conditioning on the trade-off of I, you know, <laughs> sweat to sleep when it's hot above ninety-five, like it was last night here. It was a little hot. It's getting really hot for the end of August, but you know, this... you manage it. You turn your fan on. You open a window. Yep. The thing about the Pacific Northwest, I'm sure everyone knows. Yeah. Only what thirty percent of places have air conditioning, if that. Yeah, I, it, I, I it's grew up in a house where the first twenty-two, uh, twenty-one years of my life, there's no air conditioning Same in the here. house. We didn't need it. Same here. Like really didn't. Maybe you know, five days during the summer, it was a little hot, but otherwise, you really don't need it at the, all. The old close the house down in the morning and yeah. then open it up at night Correct. and yeah. suck close the, all the, the air in with yeah, the fans. Yeah, exactly. Let's break. We'll go north to uh, Tumwater for the next conversation. Your thoughts and, and phone calls at 497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line and the University Honda text line. A big game coming up on Saturday and a number of things that we've discussed today right here on 1240 Joe Radio. Want to get out of the house? Do something fun this fall? Fall leagues are now forming at Highland Bowl. Hey, fall league is good exercise. It's inexpensive and it's perfect for beginners. With lots of different leagues to choose from each week, you're sure to find something that works for you. For more info, call or stop by Highland Bowl. They're on 9th Street in Corvallis or log on to highlandbowl.com. We set them up, you knock them down. Call the glass man. Need your auto glass repaired or replaced? Need to recalibrate your advanced car safety system? Don't call that 800 number. Call the glass man. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Bob Simons Insurance is once again a key sponsor of the 16th Annual Salem Roadster Show on September 24th and 25th at the Oregon State Fairgrounds in Salem. With over 180 cars featuring classics, rat rods, hot rods, muscle cars, tuners, and more, 
Come enjoy the 16th annual show, the longest running consecutive indoor car show on the West Coast at the Jackman Long Building at the Oregon State Fairgrounds, September 24th and 25th. Admission is $15, but ages 17 and under are free. Gates open at 9 a.m. Saturday and Sunday. Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, it's the Kubota L-Series Tractor. It's part of a Kubota tractor lineup that's rated number one in durability and owner experience. The durable Kubota L1 features powerful diesel engines and is easy to operate. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to LynnBentonTractor.com. We're still doing business the American way. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and hopefully a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany, where quality, service, and peace of mind meet you as you walk through the door at 4120 Sandham Highway in Albany. Power Honda is family-owned and offers new vehicles and over 1,000 used vehicles to choose from. Power Honda has a Google review of 4.9 stars, offers financing for everyone, and knows how to treat their customers' needs. Honda. Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany. Back on the Joe Beaver Show. In this next segment, John and Michael will show you their musical skills. Guys, whistle along. Come on, guys, it's not that hard. Like this. <laughs> I know Mike's not here, but I had to play this anyway. The Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. All right. Uh, welcome back here as we continue with the Joe Beaver Show. That was from last year. TJ putting that together. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I hear it. Welcome, everybody. Let's go to the phones. The Downward Dog phone line, 541-497-5356. And Dave has been holding very patiently. Hello, David. Good afternoon, gentlemen. So much to catch up on. Uh, first question out of the gate. I haven't heard any mention of it, uh, TJ. Is there going to be a post-game call-in show this year? Yes, there will be. Hour after same Excellent. time. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Um, so a couple things, picking up on threads from the conversations the last two days. Let's talk about conference realignment and media rights. I, I agree with you guys. <laughs> It's a fascinating talk radio subject. Yeah, I think the key the key with the new Pac-10 agreement is 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 in fact whether the schools and then who we're talking about here. So let's name them: the UW and the University of Oregon. They've got the most leverage of the ten remaining. The question for them is: Will they be able? Will the, Will they have to? How long will they have to forego their media rights? This is what's locking Clemson into that agreement that lasts until 2036 or whatever. That gives the conference a lot of leverage. And one can easily imagine that Oregon and UW are going to either want a short contract or a non-binding commitment of their media rights, or, and this is, I think, the likeliest to happen and the easiest to stomach, is a carve-out of extra revenue above and beyond what the other schools get. Mm -hmm. Now, 
That is, in fact, what SC wanted and what Larry Phillips and the other members of the conference refused to give. And look what, and it came back to bite them all because SC just want, went and got a bigger deal. So I predict, look for UW and the University of Oregon, maybe Stanford as the third, to ask for a bigger share of the next media contract rather than everyone getting an equal one-tenth. Um, so uh, we can talk about that, but I'm also ready to move on to that late-arriving conversation item yesterday, John, regarding the future of the Civil War if, in fact, the schools go in separate directions. So do you want to stay with the media rights and conference realignment, or should I just go to the future of the Civil War? Uh, well, they both can be topics. I know we broached the Civil War future yesterday and never really ran with it, so uh, we can talk about that. The media rights and everything and breaking it down on on getting out of a deal and and. Uh, that's all general manager stuff. It's it's like you have to really study the articles that, like a, a Wilner or a Canzano, that dive deep with their anonymous sources, talking about what certain leagues are doing. So it's it's really kind of hard to speculate on all that, don't you think? Well, Texas had a carve out with the old uh, Big Twelve, and yeah. as I said, it's well advertised. Now SC probably would have stayed. I mean, they're the big big lion in the conference. Uh, we, we've, that's been now documented by what they were able to add as an additive element to the Big Ten's contract. So if Larry Scott, uh, well, and I won't go down that path again because I've, I've said my piece, if he had had his wits about him, he would have been able to cajole the other 11 members of the conference. Say, Let's cut. I mean, there is, in fact, a known cost of living uh, factor to all of these schools. It's easier and cheaper to pay for things, even buy talent in Pullman and Corvallis than it is in the Bay Area and, and L.A. That would have been a rationale for those schools that had a slightly different increment in the way you carved up the pie 12 ways. They would have gotten more. So, But they didn't do it, so now, now they're paying the price. Okay. They went and cut their own deal. So, so I think we can – It's not. yes, it's technical, but I think it's something – we can talk about well let me uh, ask you then yeah let's talk about it but here's the question i have to both of you and to the rest of the fan base if that were the case and everything stayed the same how would we have felt about it because now we know that without usc and ucla there's there's a there's a dangerous ledge that we're getting close to of washington state and oregon state being left out of everything and that's scary for us so we're saying, well, well, maybe we should give we, we should have just given U, USC more money. Okay, that that may be true, but if you go back to that, and and they were getting more money all along, and there was not a a threat of being left out of everything, how would we feel about one or two teams in the conference getting more money than everybody else? Well, uh, I, I can tell you that. That notion, John, can be empirically demonstrated. Now, there's, there's data, there's objective information that one can warrant uh, those circumstances, as opposed to, for example, so I'll make the transition. Let's say Oregon goes to a different conference, SEC, Big Ten. Should, they, should Oregon State wish to continue to uh, play them on an annual basis? Whereas I'm comfortable giving Oregon and Washington more money because they, in fact, have bigger brands and can, and can bring the eyeballs to TV, which is all that matters. 
That's another whole topic in itself, because I've been making contributions and going to games for 20 years, and I'm a, people like me are an afterthought to the guy who's sitting at home, turning on his big screen TV, and watching beer as the game's played on television. Yeah, yeah. It's a fair no, but it's the reality. Right. So I'm far more comfortable with UW and Oregon getting a bigger piece of the next Pac-10 uh, play I'm much more in favor of that than than Oregon going their separate way and Oregon State begging them, because that's what it would come to. Yes. Begging Oregon to play them on end. If they want to go, they can go. Now, you guys were talking yesterday, Iowa, Iowa State, Michigan, Michigan State, but those are long-standing arrangements. Neither of those were the basis of an affrontery, which would be the case in this situation where Oregon says, well, we're moving on to the big time. We're going to pass little brother on the head in Corvallis, you can have your nice little conference on the West Coast. If that's what it comes to, and that would be the optics of that arrangement, I'd say they can go, they can, they can go their own way, as Fleetwood Mac uh, once sang it. Because by, by example, University of Texas and Texas A&M did not play each other when A&M left the conference. When Nebraska joined the Big Ten and left Oklahoma and the Big 12, Nebraska and Oklahoma no longer played each other. In fact, I think this year is the first time they're going to play each other since Nebraska joined the Big Ten. So if Oregon State had any proper self-esteem, were this to come about, they should say, Oregon, go your own way. We're going to do our thing. I'm not saying we should never play them. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't go on bended knees yeah. begging them, but please give us an annual game that we can play the second weekend in October. Well, I agree with you there. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not for bended knee on anything, and that's, uh, that's really what the situation would turn out to be. So Now, that's not happening yet. We don't have to worry about it, but the question is interesting. Would you want the, conference or the, uh, the uh, rivalry game to continue if Oregon were to leave the conference. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, good stuff. Is there anything else you want to I, touch on? Yes, i got one more thing, John, regarding conference realignment. I think we all can reasonably assume that either in the short term, certainly the long term, the new Pac-10 is going to expand once we lose the L.A. schools. Yeah. But I have it on good authority, and I'm not going to cite my source, but it's never come up in conversation online, in any blogs, online, any news reports. But I have it on good authority that some of, two of the, one school at least that the Pac-10 is talking about adding is the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Nevada is already key to the Pac-12's postseason, the bowl game, the conference tournament, uh, the, the uh, conference the basketball tournaments. Las Vegas is a big market. It's a growing market. The uh, Oakland A's are going to be moving uh, uh, to uh, Las Vegas. So no one's talking about it. But I have it on good authority that actually it's Nevada, Las Vegas joining San Diego. It's likely to join with San Diego State rather than Fresno State. And the reason Boise State's not going in is because you need two southern schools uh, because you've already got the six in the north. So Boise's too far north for 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 the divisional alignment, even though that's not as important as it used to be in terms of the football conference tournament. But that's why I say uh, it's not Boise State, it's not Fresno. The next two into the conference, if they aren't some uh, Big 12 schools, will be uh, San Diego State and Nevada, Las Vegas. That's all I have for today, guys. Are you coming down on on, uh, Saturday? 
I will be there, and I'm actually hoping to stop by the tailgate show there in the uh, bookstore. Uh, yes, that'll be great. That'll be great. Do you know where your seats are this year as opposed to where they've always been? Yeah, they're, they're, they are where they've always been. Okay, because, you know, they had to absorb the, the west side season ticket holders over to the east side. Yes, but I was always on what's now going to be the old new side. So I, I so they, I'm where I've always been. So okay, I just I didn't know if they were moving people around and saying, "Well, we got to well, make room here, so you got to go over there or whatever." I don't know. Obviously, obviously, people who are on the west side are going to have new. Maybe they moved some people who were on the old new side, but I'm not one of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, hopefully, we'll see you on Saturday, three thirty to okay. to, to five thirty. Yeah, I'll be by. All right, thanks, Dave. Dave from Tumwater with some uh, some thoughts, some interesting thoughts. An interesting proposal. I didn't even think of that. I'm just wondering, does UNLV have that kind of fan base? Do they? Uh, you know, he brings up UNLV in, in, in a, the most recent article I read was kind of a top five teams that might come and, and then a breakdown of, of if they should and what are the odds. I think it was, I don't know, maybe Gonzano. UNLV was on the list, and on the points that he made on that, he said football doesn't matter. Quality of football doesn't matter. It matters for where they are in this whole new hub of entertainment mm-hmm. and, and importance, if you will, from, from TV eyes and Allegiant Stadium and all that, and then a few other things. I'm not sure on that, so I'm going to let it go. I don't think it—I'm not sure. get the fourth line. Yeah, but if it comes— while everything else is dead, then it's a wrong number. And if mm-hmm. it comes while someone's on, then it's a move over. Okay. So I'm going to get this one. Okay. Well, I I just think it's interesting. You mentioned that, well, it's not about the football. While yesterday we spent a lot of this time talking about how football wasn't paid close enough attention to. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it was not paid close enough attention to over the last decade, and that's why we are where we are right now. Well, that's true. So I don't. It's something to consider. The market is enticing, but in counterpoint, you could already say Las Vegas is in the Pac-12 market. It's oh, part, I, it already is. I think it is. With you've got the championships down there for basketball and football. Um, Clay Ofkoff, the commissioner, mm-hmm. spent all his time down there cultivating relationships in the high world business world. So my question is, do we need to add UNLV for, to, to really secure that? I'm not sure. No, but I I mean, if you're going to bring in two teams and they're all from the region, why not them instead of, like he said, South to North Boise state being too high. I I guess you could think about it in a basketball sense, but when was the last time UNLV was good at basketball? They had those great teams in the 90s, right? 90s. 1990, Grandmama. Yeah. that. But since then, it's like... The running Rebels. I don't know. We'll see. Who we got? Uh, who do we have? Oh, Dave. <laughs> the other Dave is on the line. Dave, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, guys. Man, I uh, it's tough following Tom Water, but he comes up with such good ideas and, uh, and insight. And, uh, you know, just sitting on the the UNLV thing and, and San Diego State. Uh, my concern with the Pac-12 is, is especially football-wise, how much does that actually dilute the, the talent level within the conference? And, and, you know, with losing UCLA, USC, and those are the teams you replace it with, it, you, I really think you just uh, 
dismiss three quarters of the team from the national championship contention ever in football. Because uh, I, I think the only teams left might be, you know, Washington, Oregon that that would even be selected if they were, you know, so called qualified. Just looking at how they selected in the past, um, with with you know undefeated teams getting left out in other conferences. That would take uh, a few years, Dave. I, I just wonder. That would take a few years of those two schools being gone. And remember, we have two more years with USC and UCLA. Two more football seasons. But it, it would take. Okay, so let's say we get that far. Okay, they leave, and you know for purposes of this example you bring in san diego state and unlv okay so that's what they do you would need a couple of years to see if any team goes undefeated where they end up in the polls because the polls i think would reflect the opinion of the rest of the country as to where an undefeated pac-12 team would be the new pac-12 and then you kind of get an idea like oh man we can never break this barrier because of the, the last two or maybe three seasons of, uh, of sample size on what the overall opinion is. Yeah, and I, and I realize that that's the reality of what would happen. And, and I would just guess that Oregon and Washington, you know, having the resume would not have a problem being selected, um, which may be a reason for them to go anyway, right? Because it, it's, it's tougher for them to get selected in a conference in the last three or four years um, has been looked at as pretty weak on the football level anyway. So, you know, my, I guess my question is, do you think that that's a reality that would happen is that the, uh, the overall talent level is diluted and we just lose our, our place in the, in the college football playoff, um, except for maybe one, two, three, four teams. I, I think it's already, you know, already at would, that point. Well, you're you're still going to be able to recruit Los Angeles um, if you've got San Diego State in the market or in the league. You can recruit LA and say, "Yeah, we're coming. We're going to be able to." Let's say you you play a game at San Diego State. You can tell that recruit they're building a new stadium. By the way, you can tell that recruit. You know, your family can come down from Los Angeles and see. I mean, it's not like it used to be, but it just depends on how much the teams can continue to recruit Los Angeles. That will be the determining factor on where the level yeah. of talent is in the league. Because if you lose that completely, then yes, there, there could be an issue there. Do you think you even have to lose that level of talent to lose that credibility as a conference? So just the overall credibility. And that people in the SEC look at the Pac-12 in football anyway and think we're just weak anyway already. If, if, um, if so they you, lose the... you think that that's just on the national level, they just look at the Pac-12 again and say, eh, they're just not there. We don't want a Pac-12 team in the playoffs. Well, we've always been fighting that. We've always been fighting the conception that it's a terrible conference. Yeah. Um, but look at Utah. They won one year. They go. They win the thing. They go to the Rose Bowl, and now they're they're picked seventh in the country, favorites against Florida, which they should be, and uh, a team that uh, somebody I was watching this preview show with New Heisel on CBS Sports, and they they picked you. One guy picked Utah in the Final Four uh, this year. So there's some respect for Utah there, and that's a, a fairly quick rise for uh, for Utah. But they we we don't we already have to deal with 
this perception that the Pac-12 is weak unless one or two teams really do well. I think it takes two to do well and be in the top seven and one of them to get into the national championship game before the conference gets any respect. It seems like the the uh, the last time I can remember anyway Maybe was 16. USC. It was when USC was winning under Pete Carroll that the conference had that, oh, it's you know the Pac-12, the Pac-12. I'll say we could think we had 14, the Ducks make the national championship game. I don't know if anyone uh, won a New Year's Six that year. I think Arizona lost the Fiesta Bowl to Boise State that year. Yeah. And then 16, Washington makes the playoff, loses to Bama, but USC beats Penn State in the Rose Bowl. But the league yeah. has to win non-conference games at the beginning Correct. of the year and has, to win, and has to win bowl games at the end. Which they also haven't done. And, and can't lose. Lose, you know, Oregon State losing to Utah State doesn't help, and uh, it helps us because we're like, yay, we got there. Okay, we're on the on a rise. But overall, they look at it and go, well, he lost to Utah State for the Mountain West. That that doesn't help. In fact, the Mountain West, several teams in the league have done very well against the Pac-12 these last couple it's not of years. Better, yeah, they they have, and I, I think that's one of the traps we get into. Right, is is uh, we we got forty forty eight thousand people in our stands and. If, if we're going to go play a big Big Ten team, if we're going to play one, we can't pay them the money to come here, right? But we can they can pay us the money to go there, and then it's an away game, and it's the beginning of the season, and that's a it's almost a trap every time, unless you're you know the powerhouse um, in the conference. Right, so, right. I think we've ran into that. We've got to be able to win those games if we're going to go play them. Uh, and, yeah. and maybe it's not the first game of the year. Maybe, maybe it's the third game of the year, and we've got some tune-up games before that happens, yeah. and, and those turn out differently. Bottom line is you got to win those games. we got to go. Thanks for the call, Dave. Very thoughtful, very good stuff. Let's break, come back, and then uh, finish out the show today. Don't forget, we're at Citizens Bank on Friday for the Joe Beaver Road Show. Some pizza, some commemorative coins, and three pair of tickets to give away to the game Saturday, and again, they're prime tickets now because only 26,000 get in, and yesterday they sold the final 200, so this is considered a sellout, and Scott Barnes says that they expect all the games to sell out this year, not just the big ones, and that could definitely be the case. Okay, back after this timeout on 1240 Joe Radio. Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. The best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Power Motorsports Can-Am Closeout is a great time to buy. And whether you ride on-road, off-road, or on the water, there's a huge selection of new Can-Am vehicles to choose from. Hit the dunes and trails on your new 2022 Maverick X3 DS Turbo on sale now for only $22,999. Wakeboarders, how about a new 2022 c Wake 170 IBR Personal Watercraft? Get exclusive toe-focused features like ski mode, board rack, and Lin Q ski pylon on sale for $17,999. There's hot August savings at Power Motorsports. Power Motorsports when you need insurance coverage to protect what you value the most, your family, home, car, and business, see the independent and experienced agents at Unified Insurance. Unified Insurance offers coverage options from Liberty Northwest and Safeco Insurance that are both affordable and dependable. Call
call 753-1315 or see Tom Worth, Mike Eaves, or Paul Miller at Unified Insurance, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. Your hometown insurance team, always putting you first. If you're fed up with dirty grout lines, maybe it's time to consider Cultured Marble. Hi, I'm Katie Albin at Albin's Plumbing in Corvallis. Cultured Marble is an affordable way to get the look of marble, and the best part is no grout lines. Affordable and easy to maintain. Come by our showroom on 9th Street in Corvallis and see the beautiful look of Cultured Marble. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282. Albin's Plumbing. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. See, it all starts with over 35 fresh toppings to choose from, multiple dough options, multiple crust options, and multiple cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free choices. See, we make all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people every day. Woodstock's Pizza, all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. A lot of land comes with a lot of work, and the new Kubota MX Series has a lot to offer, including the versatility to mow, move bales of hay, grade roads, and clear brush and snow. The new Kubota MX Series is rated number one in durability and owner experience. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to lynnbentontractor.com. We're still doing business the American way. We're having an argument here. Yeah, we have a nice little conversation here Going the last on, 10 on, minutes. On the, on the break here about... Tee up the question. We'll see if we get some answers on the text line. Okay, what's the criteria that you, the listener, would would want for whether... Because TJ says, no, do not bring in UNLV. I'm like, I agree with you, but it begs the question. Do you bring in a team for TV's footprint, which I think of the glitz and the stadium and kind of the... Everything that's that draws you to, to Vegas is is part of their footprint, but do you do you? I mean, what is the criteria? And then on TVs, total number of TVs, does it matter if they're watching? Because I I don't know what the numbers are for the Bay Area, but I doubt that USC or uh, Stanford and and Cal are bringing in any kind of numbers for college football because it's a it's a pro market. Yeah, and so. It's a legitimate question. Uh, there's, I don't know what the answer is. What is the criteria for what you do to add a team? I think San Diego State is really the best prospect, so there's no argument there. Yeah. The, I just – I don't – we uh, – I guess yesterday I kind of trashed the Big 12 markets, which is understandable. They don't have any big markets left. What's the biggest market left? Uh, you said Dallas, right, for TCU? T- yeah, right. That's it. But, you know, TCU probably takes up a small portion – of the viewership, it of does that area. a very small portion. Otherwise, I don't know. Stillwater, Waco, Morgantown. No, I'm not there, listing off any ba- major no, cities here. All very major small. markets. All smaller than Phoenix. But would you rather watch UNLV and Washington, or Oklahoma State and Washington? Well, you'd rather have Oklahoma State. Oh, it's just go. a matter of. Are they available or not? And it's well, yes. The only reason why you would choose a UNLV. The only reason why you would choose them is because you don't have any other choices. Does UNLV make the Pac-12 more money in their TV deal? Does it give every other conference 
Uh, does it push the needle up for any other conference? Any other conference members? Does it make the conference overall more money to put UNLV in there? That's a good question. Does it? Uh, I, 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 I personally don't, don't think it does. I don't know. I can't can't argue with you. Where, where does you where's UNLV in terms of like a football school? Are they? Oh, what, are they 130 FBS teams? Are yeah, they? They're, they're are off. they? Are they above 100? No. <coughs> they're off the grid. I, I know. <clears throat> so I, I understand trying to grab a market, but I think the market would love more if you could sell them a better product. And I don't think UNLV is that better product. But they may. It may be the only choice. If that's the only choice, then the Pac-12 probably is done for. That's where we're at. That's I mean, where we're at from the beginning. Can't be like <coughs> that. Yeah, it's it, how it, many other Mount West schools would you rather have? None. Really? Well, let's think about it. San Diego State, and, and uh, is geography a part kind of, the, of part of the deal? But you could just dissolve divisions. That's an arbitrary thing. Divisions are completely arbitrary. They're not even. Well, it's uh, not about divisions; it's about travel and and. I get uh, stuff a like little that. bit, but it's still West Coast. Okay, right? so. Uh, I don't know what you do. What do you do if you don't like any of the teams that are in your area that are your choices? Get a number to hand to a Big Twelve team or two of them. Oh well, I'd love that. Absolutely, poach That's from the what Big they're Twelve. Do poach from the Big Twelve. That's what they're going to do, and it would be like. Well, the Big Ten did already do this, but going out of your way to add Rutgers or Maryland. Which was weird when they did it. Yeah, which, again, maybe Rutgers or Maryland will be available down the line. You don't. Uh, I, I, we, we see all this about conferences adding teams. Eventually, the Big Ten would be like, well, you know, they might keep growing, but what financial incentive do they have <coughs> to keep, say, a Rutgers or a Maryland in the conference? Let me do a couple of texts here as we Go close right out the show. Uh, writer writes in when we were talking about raising canes. Apparently, there's one in Pioneer Court. There is, yeah, I do. I remember that, but it just like if I'm driving home, it's like I'm not gonna try and park in downtown Portland, go get canes. I'll just keep going. Uh, Bob writes in to say that uh, don't think it's a done deal that UCLA and USC are leaving. Uh, there's been a few things floated about that, especially with UCLA not not informing the chancellor. I guess that who is also the governor. And then they got they got publicly chastised for that. But I don't know that there was a you can't go. I think it was more of a uh, you need to inform us before you make these big decisions. How would they stop that? I don't know. So it would be it would have to be like a strictly like legal matter, a legally binding matter, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, CVB writes in to say with playoff expansion coming, it may be easier to get into from the Pac-10-12 than uh, from the Big Ten. 16, 18, 29, or a 16-plus team as well. Uh, he also asks, will we have to pipe in water to Las Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And then Dave writes in to say, I would, in the Las Vegas market is too transient. I bet that most football fans there have uh, other allegiances. Yeah, I agree with See that. It's Arizona like, State. It's like Florida. Yeah, and Arizona State. I mean, yeah, they're all snowbirds true. from every part of the yep. country. Yeah, I need more USC or Oregon fans in Vegas than there are Rebel fans, which is probably true. Yeah, and uh, uh, Dave says they don't drive anything uh, extra to the Pac-12. I would, in fact, say that there's more USC fans in Oregon or uh, or Oregon fans in Vegas than there are Rebel fans. Yeah. 
That is a great observation. It might have been different 30 years ago when the running Rebs were running college basketball, but that's... But then again, and I'm only just saying this, what if that they're your only choice? Then the conference, then it honestly doesn't even matter at that point because then the state of your conference is so bad that uh, I. And that's the edge I was telling Dave about. That's the edge I was talking about. So I wouldn't even say there's an edge there. I'd say you're already off the edge. So then the then you pose a question when we're dealing with looking at not having anything at all, then we're more apt to say, yeah, 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 yeah. Give USC and Oregon more money. Give, give them more money. Give them a b- bigger chunk of the pie. We're, we're okay with that. But if we go back a year or two and we're comfortable, having been in the conference for 120-some-odd years or whatever amalgamation of the conference it was, we would say, hey, that's not fair. Why are they getting a bigger pie than us? They're already rich. They're already self-sustaining and able to do everything. Why should the pie be bigger? And that's why for all these decades, the conference has shared has, it wasn't Larry Scott that came up with the idea. I don't think so. I think we've been sharing equally uh, for yeah, as long have. as the conference has been around. Unfortunately, get to the proposition where they'll be like, okay, you want an equal share of the pie? We will leave and your pie will get smaller. And that's where we're at. That's where we're so at. So you have no, you can still make more money by giving another school a I, bigger and, part and of the I, pie. And I don't fault USC and UCLA for leaving for the money. Anybody would do that. Absolutely anybody would do it. But. Where we, where we are now is scrambling as we were. This conversation just continues because new information comes, chances, whatever. Big 12 working on TV rights, that kind of spurned on today's conversation about it and how that will affect you know the bidding war. Pac-12, Big 12 for ESPN, the money needs to be. Tomorrow's show will be on. Have a great day. It's 1 o'clock. KEJO Corvallis. And translator. K2290I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.